Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersusGrowRoom.com. Instead of having grow guides this week, we have another interview, and this week's interview is with Danny Danko. Now, a lot of you already know who Danny Danko is, but if not, uh, he is a former editor of High Times magazine. He has his own podcast called Grow Bud Yourself. Uh, he used to have a podcast called Free Weed. He is a former judge of the Cannabis Cup. This man has done so much and met so many people from the cannabis world. He's a real cool guy, man. And if you don't know who he is, go and check out his stuff because you will really enjoy it. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll enjoy his as well. So go and check out Grow Bud Yourself. Uh, Danny's a real cool guy. It's a massive pleasure having him back on the show again and just to sit and chat with him for an hour. Anyway, without further ado, won't say much more than that. You'll just listen to the interview for an hour. We're a real cool conversation. He's a real friendly guy and an epic member of the cannabis community. Let's go and check out Danny Danko. Here he is. I'll uh, we'll speak to you at the end of this. See you in a bit. So how are you? Good? How's good, everything? Yeah. How's the yeah, podcast, the, the magazine? Yeah, the podcast is great. We're approaching our 100th episode, um, so very excited about that. Uh, and yeah, the magazine's going great as well. We just have an, a brand new issue dropping tomorrow for uh, the month of June. And uh, yeah, everything's everything's going great. We're actually uh, about to be basically celebrating two years of, uh, of the magazine and uh, also the podcast. So wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Two Just years to... already. Wow. Yeah, I think last <laughs> time we talked to you, we were talking about the possibility of that Northeast Corridor coming online recreationally. And lo and behold, we have it now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited about that. Uh, you know, we are also here in New York allowed to grow uh, our six plants uh, per household. So, of course, I've got my, uh, <laughs> my plants getting started right now, you know, just uh, um you know, to take advantage of, of, of the opportunity to grow legally, which I think is just, uh, you know, Game really changing. Yeah, yeah, it must be so. It is. I was just saying this to the wife last night. When it's legal, it's going to be... Because as a mother, it's difficult for her to go out and find friends because she enjoys cannabis so much. And she can't just go up to some lady and be like, Yo, you, you do like weed? Because I like weed. Can we be weed friends? <laughs> you know, it's just not something she can do in the UK. And it's difficult to, to have a group of friends just because of the, the whole cannabis thing. And, but as soon as it's legalized and that weight gets lifted, you know, it's going to be so much easier for people to go out and make friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's a common denominator amongst all different types of groups of people and ages and, and races, religions. It really is uh, something that, that there's, there's groups of people in every segment of the population that uh, consume mm -hmm. cannabis, whether uh, medically or recreationally. So it, it is, uh, it's a uniter and not a divider for sure. Indeed, it should be. <laughs> so I forget what state you're in. You're in Northeast somewhere, are you down? Right. I'm in New York City and New York State. Okay. And we have passed uh, recreational, although the stores aren't open yet. So we're in this strange period uh, in between sort of where it's, it's it's legal, but there's not really any legal place to to buy it. So uh, mm. it's strange. The, you know, it's all going to change in the next year or so. But mm -hmm. uh, for now, there's a lot of places that are just filling the void uh, as far as um, consumption lounges, mm -hmm. uh, delivery services, and that sort of thing. So 
you know, there's nowhere you can walk around in New York City now and not smell uh, cannabis <laughs> in the air. <laughs> but yeah, I think in New York, it's one of those states where they've allowed anywhere where you can smoke cigarettes, you can smoke cannabis. Right. Correct. And, uh, you know, that excludes city parks and, and, and things like that, but pretty much everywhere else. So, so it is. Uh, that's very should you know. be. You shouldn't be smoking where kids are playing. And yeah, that's for cigarettes and, as well. That's not just cannabis. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and, and that's the important thing, too, is that people uh, be responsible as far as where they do and don't consume. You know, it's mm-hmm. the same in Amsterdam. You're not supposed to just walk down the street uh, smoking in Amsterdam. You're supposed right. to go to the to the coffee shops. And, um, you know, you, you should be respectful of, of the of the rules uh, when they've changed in our favor like that. And I mm-hmm. think. Uh, it, and like you said, it's important not to not to have it blowing in the faces of children and things. So yeah. there's you know reasonable restrictions to all all different types of behavior. But um, we certainly just we don't want to get thrown in jail anymore and, and sure. uh, harassed and arrested and and all of that. So that's we've that's already the, done all of that. We're not going to do it again. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. And so you know there is a, a in, interesting level of freedom that's that's developing uh, state by state over here and and seeming seemingly uh country by country in europe and beyond so does it still feel strange for you though you know when you're outside and you're like i think i'll like my joint here you still check behind your shoulder for police <laughs> <laughs> i do i do it's in my blood it's yeah, just yeah. i think it's it's muscle memory and it's in ptsd this that's what it is <laughs> exactly exactly but hopefully you know the younger generations won't won't have to deal with it as mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. uh and uh and they'll they'll be free of that. I mean, that's the funny thing is they used to always say, you know, oh, smoking makes makes people paranoid, and it's really not not yep, the smoking so much as right. the fear it's of the getting caught smoking. Mm-hmm. It's because it's <laughs> like illegal. That. That's what makes me paranoid. Right. It's the fear of getting caught more than the, anything else. Right. I hope it comes to the UK soon because I'm sick of hiding this shit. I am. It, it drives me crazy, man. Yeah. Well, it, it, hopefully, yeah, the sooner the better. And. Uh, with us, we still have thousands and thousands of prisoners uh, mm. locked up for for cannabis. That in, some in states that are are legal now. So that's mm-hmm. another thing we really need to fight towards changing and and social use and and ending the stigma. You mentioned you know your wife and it's and you know their pa- parenthood uh, and all of that has there's a, still that stigma there that uh, somehow you're not a good parent mm. if you consume cannabis. And I, yeah. I would say uh, it's quite the opposite. Indeed. But, uh, but yeah, the, all those things need to need to continue to change. But seemingly we're on we're on that path. Have you noticed any change? Do you feel there's a change to the stigma and like the zeitgeist in New York in regards to cannabis? I do. I do. I mean, I think that the average the average New Yorker, whether they're a, a consumer or not, uh, recognizes the value of legalization. And even if, you know, they catch the occasional whiff of, of cannabis, uh, which you know, to a non-smoker might be, uh, you know, objectionable. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that, you know, weighed against the, uh, the the amount of crime that we have, you know, violent crime and things like that, uh, it's really a non-issue. And I think uh, there's a level of freedom that people people appreciate, whether they're consumers or not. Uh, and that also the, that the, the police are hopefully uh, not going to be distracted by a, a non-violent offense mm-hmm. uh, from something that's actually doing someone harm indeed but it's very important that is yeah they should get to spend their time on the important things rather than somebody who's just trying to get a little high right absolutely 
Is it the high taxes? What are the prices are like? Uh, well, you said there's no way you can go out and buy it right now. Is that right? Well, there's medical, right? So if you have hmm. a medical card and a, and a, a um, license from a doctor, uh, there are shops where you can purchase cannabis, but a lot of it is still in the underground. Uh, and it's kind of this gray area at this point, because hmm. uh, again, I don't think the police are going to waste much of their time uh, enforcing laws that are, that are kind of just licensing and, and, yeah. and paperwork laws. So there is a lot of, uh, of that going on uh, with delivery services, with storefronts, uh, with consumption lounges that are unlicensed, uh, but operating fairly freely. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, they filled the void because the government, uh, you know, they legalized it, but they didn't, it, it's going to be, a, you know, a year or, or, or more before they actually implement uh, shops and, and things that will be licensed and legal. So mm. in the meantime, people are doing what they got to do. And, and <laughs> why is it taking so long? Is, do you know anything about that? Politics. Yeah, I mean, yeah, politics. politics I, think, yeah, I think they're trying sure. to decide who's going to have licenses, who's going to be the, the, the growers. Nice. Um, they've, they've worked with some of the hemp growers from upstate New York uh, to do some of the first grows but that may or may not fulfill the craft flower market that's mm. right now sort of saturated by, you know, West coast product that's making its way East um, that I think it would be difficult to compete, you know, for farmers upstate mm -hmm. New York that are growing outdoors uh, to compete with that. But uh, at the same time, they're also looking into ways uh, to grow closer to New York city and, and urban areas and, and allow for people who've been, adversely affected by the war on drugs to also participate in that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's two steps forward, one step back as with most politics, but uh, at least it's heading in the right direction. For sure. Now I read in a news article that the mayor of New York was considering growing cannabis on the rooftops of federal housing projects. If you can get permission for that, that sounded like a good idea to use space there. Yeah, I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's a little bit tougher to implement, uh, but it, I'm interested to see what what they come up with. There's lots of uh, there's lots of opportunities to to cultivate all throughout the state and, and the country. And I think uh, rooftops are great. I think you know, in conjunction with a greenhouse where you can mm -hmm. add add lighting when you when you want to add lighting and, and use light deprivation techniques when when you want to reduce the lighting and, and flower those plants, I think there's there's ways to grow year round uh, in these urban areas, and and it would be great uh, to convert that, you know, those places mm. to that. But uh, it's also an issue with uh, access to the rooftop and 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 the weight of of all of the soil and water and all of that. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm but I'm glad they're considering all kinds of different uh, solutions and options. Yeah, I mean, if we keep on doing what we always did, we're never going to get any further than we are now. So, I mean, it's one of those deals. I was happy to hear about it. Kind of curious how the government's going to take it, though, because, you know, if it's a federal housing project, you're going to have to get the federal government to yeah, say, that's sure, what I was thinking. just go ahead and put a greenhouse on <laughs> we, top of our subsidized building. Here. Yeah, when you said that federal word there, I'm like, do you think the Fed are going to let weed be growing on one of, their, one of their buildings? If they do, it'll sure open the dike, man, real fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to require a change on on that level, uh, and we'll see we'll see where that happens. But in the meantime, I think there's a lot of facilities right now being built uh, upstate New York and all throughout the state. And we just, you know, just in the last two days, Rhode Island actually passed as well for for adult Ooh, really? use. 
uh, yeah. recreational use, uh, which is a you know not not a very big state, but uh, a very much a part of the East Coast cannabis world. Uh, a lot of people from uh, from Rhode Island in the industry and and a lot of strains that have come out well, of that. A lot area, of people so. outside of the U.S. All the states are the same size. So it doesn't really matter to them. You know, it's like Rhode Island, right. no way. Well, that's the <laughs> Rhode Island is state. tiny. Yeah. yeah. Delaware. Wow. <laughs> it's the 19th state to allow adult use. And I think you know, once we once we reach 25 uh, and more, then you have a majority of states. And, and in that case, it really does need a federal change. Uh, and so we're on our way. 19 really- states for adult use. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's happening so quickly as well, too, yeah. really. Yeah, that's it. Just it just increases all the time. Yeah. Well, the states are seeing revenue and and taxes mm-hmm. that they can use to build roads and, and schools and. Yeah, that's why I was asking about the price in there. But you, you know, you don't sell for recreational out there yet. But what about medical prices? How much are you paying for an ounce of weed out there? Uh, you know, it's kind of it depends on the state. In New York, I would say uh, for that amount of flour, it's probably. Uh, 300 or so $300 Oof. Uh, an Oof. ounce yeah. for something like that. But uh, in New Jersey, uh, around the same, maybe 250 to 300. A lot of that has to do with the taxes. And a lot of that also has to do with, uh, you know, just the fact that there's very few outlets uh, creating legal cannabis for sale. So mm. Uh, the more and more that people come on board and, and more and more licenses people get, the, the lower the price. And we've seen that in Oregon. We've seen that in Oklahoma, um, where you're seeing uh, $100 or less for an ounce uh, wow, because, because of the competition uh, amongst the growers and the, and the retailers uh, for, cons- for customers. And, you know, we should remember most of the cost of cannabis is not in produ- producing it. It's always been in the risk. That's for you know, sure. That's the reason people would pay 400 or more uh, for an ounce is is mm-hmm. how many how many different hands that it, it went through from the grower to the consumer and each of those hands taking a huge risk so uh, without that risk it's not not that <laughs> expensive to grow and I especially think if you don't have an be. electricity bill as well that makes a big right, difference right and that's why you know I think greenhouses uh, are going to be a big thing mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of the craft flour right now is being grown indoors uh under lighting with air conditioning and it's very expensive Mm -hmm. to produce that with a very high carbon footprint and i think more and more with legalization we're going to be relying more and more on the sunshine uh and the availability of basically the best of both worlds you know Mm -hmm. indoor indoor you can control the environment uh you don't have the dust and the wind and things that you have to deal with outdoors uh but in a greenhouse you have the benefit of sunshine and uh, when you when you need it, and you can block it out when you don't, mm. uh, but you're also still controlling the environment. You don't have the wind and the rain, uh, the dust and things that outdoor farmers have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's going to be a lot more greenhouse growing uh, going on, and more and more growing is is not is not for craft flour. It's for you know distillates and concentrates and edibles and mm-hmm. topicals and you know for all sure. of these other products that can be made with cannabis aside from just the flower. And uh, so I see those markets getting bigger and bigger and, and a lot of the grows uh, using a lot of, of their resources just to create biomass from which to make uh, those products. Yeah. Smoking isn't as cool as it was back in our day. 
<laughs> right? Just plain flour. You know, they mm -hmm. used to laugh at us uh, uh, Americans when we go to uh, Europe and smoke pure joints uh, because <laughs> we weren't mixing with tobacco. We were just, they thought we were crazy to smoke. Um, yeah, it's so harsh. Right? So, <laughs> so I get so. Are you smoking that bro shit? <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, I smoked this all day. You know, just a little bit of uh, flour in my in my spliff, um, mm -hmm. or some Moroccan hash, or you know, mm -hmm. some soap bar, as they used to say. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, soap bar was different from the Moroccan hash. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. God damn, oof, that's soap bar. But you know, I'd still like to try it. I'd like to just get a little bit of soap bar, no matter how bad it was. And just, okay. Just reminisce and be nostalgic. Here's an yeah. SOS. If anybody out there in podcast land has any soap bar, Mackie wants to have a little uh, <clears throat> sesh. Let's do it. Let's do it. It'd probably go like, oh, what the hell was I thinking? It'd be interesting now to get mm -hmm. it lab tested and actually see what you know. What are the cannabinoids and Oof, and, and whether there's you know as, no. as rumored you know goat, <laughs> goat turds and things yeah. involved. Diesel, you know, it actually tastes like diesel. Like, oh, this is purely in it. So, yeah, because yeah, it is actually half diesel, <laughs> <laughs> solidified diesel from the fuel tank it came in. <laughs> Shit, and wrapped Crud in plastic. Oh god. Yeah. God, it was so bad, monkey. It was so bad. <laughs> Did you ever try soap bar? Because I know you came over to Amsterdam many times in like the around the year two thousand times like that. Me personally, I I don't think so. I mean, I've had some some questionable hash over the years, but uh, yeah. I don't think it it's ever been uh, the soap the real <laughs> the real the real soap bar. As bad as it sounds, I think I'm no, I've never had an either. Uh, Mackie, nothing. Near I had some bad. stuff that was so bad I can't even describe it. How bad it was here. This one time. Just this particular block of soap bar was absolutely dire. Yeah, I mean, so you guys bad. talk about couldn't even give it away. People give it back to you because they don't <laughs> want it. <laughs> that's horrible. Come on. It was crazy because that's all we could get in the UK for a certain amount of time. And then all of a sudden, green came. That's what everybody called it, green. You mm -hmm. know, you had the, the solid and you had green. And Scum. as soon as they tried that bird, yeah, they, it was probably Milo who did it. <laughs> yeah probably so <laughs> but all of a sudden uh, you could get uh, a, a quarter of soap bar for 10 pound and you could get a quarter of skunk for 40 pound back then and all of a sudden it was like yeah let me try some of that green stuff then and i didn't care about the price after that as soon as i come across the green that was my shit the soap bar was gone but i do love hash too have you been over to amsterdam recently danny uh, it's been a few years. It's, I think last time was, uh, I think, 2018. So it's been mm. a few years. And uh, yeah, I, I miss that. I miss, well, it's one thing we don't get much of in the States um, is import hash, all the different options where you can go and look at the menu and there's Moroccan and maybe a few different levels mm -hmm. of Moroccan and then some Lebanese and some Afghani or some, uh, you know, all, all the different types of, of mm -hmm. uh, variety of import hash and for for me that's such a treat uh to smoke something like that and and fairly rare over here i mean we make a lot of, of our own mm -hmm. hash but that that uh to the terroir of, of those uh hash producing countries for many mm -hmm. years is, is a just a, hits a little different yeah moroccan hash afghan hash oh my goodness yeah oh. Mm -mm -mm. I mean, that's why when I go to Amsterdam, the, the buds ain't very good anymore. Not, it's like every every year it gets worse. 
but or maybe it's just because every year my homegrown gets better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of the two. But you, when you go there, you go to smoke hash, man, because the hash is so right. good over in Amsterdam. Yeah, I mean, last time I noticed that there was there was some decent uh, flour, but it was the prices were yeah. just outrageous. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, the, 30, the old ten pound gram thing, yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 you could tell that it wasn't wasn't grown over there either. It mm. Probably was came over from from the states they call it cali weed don't they right right smoke some cali weed it's only 85 euro for a gram are you sure you don't want it i'm like i'm pretty fucking sure i don't want it give me some of that white widow that's wrong yeah or you know some of the double o you know really nice moroccan make a snake that's it i just need something to help my hash burn right exactly yeah i love that shit a vehicle so are you going to be taking part in any of the cannabis cops coming up soon well, we, uh, with the Northeast Leaf and with uh, Leaf Magazines, we have events called Leaf Bowls. So we just had one in Portland, Oregon. We have one coming up in, uh, in July in Alaska, in, in uh, Anchorage, Alaska in July. Sweet. Uh, towards, yeah, and hopefully we'll be doing some in the Northeast very soon as well. I mean, we're looking to do them wherever we have magazines and we have six different regions at the moment. Uh, so the Leaf Bowls, uh, I'm I'm heavily involved in that's you know with my partners at the Leaf, but also I'm where you know I I do I participate in a lot of the ones in the Northeast now, uh, Harvest Cup, uh, which is coming up, and uh, the Any Can has a, a competition uh, along with with their event, and so there's a bunch of different uh, local sort of uh, harvest festivals and and different events. Uh, and I, some I have the privilege of judging. We had nice. one called the PIFCON, which was all uh, hazes, which was really interesting. Mm. And then there was one, oh, yeah. there was a chem competition that was all chem strains, which is interesting. I think it's nice to kind of, you know, divide it up into pedigrees and then maybe have a best in show the way they do it <laughs> with, with dog breeds or something, because <laughs> just indica or sativa has become uh, a little bit too oversimplified and it's mm. an over it's a it's a generalization at this point that that we've outgrown i think as a as a culture and and uh and consumers i think mm. um now that we're learning all the different terpene profiles uh and and all the different uh sort of different flavor flavor profiles of the strains we're learning that there's it's much deeper than just indica dominant or sativa dominant and mm-hmm. so that's exciting as well the contests where it's really strain specific or or at least fam strain family specific. So what what goes what goes on at these bowls? You go somewhere <laughs> and it's just like the old school cannabis cups, or yeah, I mean, uh, you you get your as a judge, you you receive your your package of uh, samples. So you know anywhere from ten to thirty or more uh, samples in in a, in a particular category, and then you do your scoring. Hopefully, you have a decent amount of time. You know. Uh, Minimum of a week, I think, is is you know really the minimum. Uh, if you have, let's say, more than fifteen samples, because uh, you want to be able to go back and revisit uh, different strains. Uh, yeah. You and you evaluate. Uh, uh, I, for me, kind of five different categories. It's uh, first, it's just the look of it. Uh, observe it really closely with a loop. Uh, look at the actual glandular trichomes. Make sure the heads aren't all broken off or immature. Um, or past their prime, and then uh, the smell, uh, then uh, sort of the uh, the 
burnability is an, is an important factor for me, uh, how clean it burns. Um, take a dry hit even before I light it just to make sure the flavor is coming through. And then, uh, and then uh, flavor, taste of the actual smoke uh, after it's lit. And then, uh, of course, effect, <laughs> how hard hitting, how long lasting, uh, and how pleasurable the effect is. Mm. Uh, and that has to do also with the combination of the cannabinoids and the terpenoids and flavonoids. So, yeah, it's so, so complex, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fun, but it's it's work too, because you're taking notes on every strain and, and hopefully you're you're helping the whoever grew it uh, also, to, you know, if they get those notes back that they can also work on, you know, improving whatever the, it is that they're growing and uh, whether it's uh, genetic or whether it's, how you know their growing practices, how well flushed or how well cured uh, the flower is. So there's many factors, and people like to joke that you know all you're doing is just getting high all day, and there is some truth to that. But you're also taking notes and paying. It's close for attention. science. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. For science. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. And you know, I think over the years, uh, whether it be the, the the events that we did, I was almost 20 years at High Times, and we did so many. Uh, cannabis cups, uh, both in Amsterdam and here in America and all over. Uh, and it, I, I really do think that it had, it ended up improving the quality of cannabis all mm. over the world because mm. people go home with the seeds of the winter and they grow that out. And some of them will choose to breed something new out of it. And, you know, it just, it, it just drives people to come up with new things and new strains and um, new varieties and, and flavor and combinations. And, and with concentrates, I mean, you see, there was a few years where you would see within just two or three months, all the technology would change and it would go from ice water bubble to dry sift to rosin. And so many different technological innovations happening, uh, all really in the pursuit of uh, either a purer or a better tasting or a more potent product. And I think the, the contests, even though, you know, it's not the end all be all to win these, but uh, it really does help to uh, change change the the, the narrative and, and drive the the culture and, and flavors and, and encourage the breeders to come up with new new things too. Mm. Do you do one of these bowls in uh, like once a year in lots of different states around the U.S. The states that are legalized for adult use, obviously. Right, right. I mean, we put them on hold uh, during the pandemic, but uh, Northwest Leaf has been around since 2010, and they've done leaf bowls in Seattle. Uh, Portland, all around uh, the Pacific Northwest. And now we're looking, now that, you know, things are hopefully opening up a bit, we're looking to uh, to do them in all our different markets. So Alaska is coming up, uh, then we have uh, hopefully somewhere here in the Northeast. Um, we have Maryland, we have California Leaf, we have Oregon and, and, and Northwest. So uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's really fun to do the events and some categories are tougher than others too. Edibles mm. is always a tough category for me. Uh, I love, I like edibles, but I, you know, I, I like them in, in small amounts. And yeah, they're, you, they're powerful, man. <laughs> yeah. Really kick judging, them can, <laughs> judging them can be uh, quite daunting if you only have a, a small amount of time and a lot of edibles. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people enter this? Can anybody just enter it? You have to do specific things. I think it differs uh, state by state. So uh, in Alaska, they have legal recreational shops that can enter their products in all the different categories. 
same, I believe in Oregon, uh, we're gonna have to figure out in the Northeast, which, which state, first of all, that we choose, whether it's uh, Massachusetts or, or Maine or, or down here in New York somewhere, uh, but we'll have to basically uh, kind of have to adjust the rules. And we did this with high times as well. Uh, you adjust the rules based on the laws of the state <laughs> that you're in, uh, but you always want to comply as closely as you can with all the rules and regulations because, you know, you know, now that things are trending towards more and more legal, uh, mm. we want to be able to, uh, to do these events and, and highlight the products from companies that people can actually go and buy, buy products from, mm. uh, you know, so that's, that's exciting as well. You know, we've got flour, concentrates, edibles, topicals, CBD products, uh, you know, so the, the categories just keep getting bigger and bigger mm. and having to be split up into different smaller categories because there's so many uh, varieties of concentrates now, uh, whether it's concentrates that are made using solvents or solventless uh, rosin, fresh frozen, and just, I mean, such a wide variety of, of available uh things in the marketplace mm. so you see that you're growing your own as well that you held up a plant what do you know what strain it is i do this is strawberry cough it's from my friend kyle cushman nice Sweet. <laughs> and uh you're growing really, that right now monkey yeah strawberry yeah. Cough. Not kyle, and honestly yeah. it's one of the few strains i'd really want to grow for at home for personal use you know with not not like as a job but but just for fun mm-hmm. uh, i i grew it for many years uh from you know the let's say 2000 you know two th- in the 2000s <laughs> you know from 2000 to, yeah. to 2010 uh we had uh, a lot of different mother plants here in the city and uh there was no restrictions on the strain either which i love uh some strains are very uh growers are very strict about sharing uh those genetics with other people but luckily uh with the cough it was kind of like anyone who wanted to grow it could grow it and uh, that allowed it to proliferate as well. And I, I just love it as a, as a, uh, a smoke. It's very, uh, uh, it's just, it's a sativa, you know, vibe, but uh, strong and with, with less of the hazy side of sativa, similar to kind of reminds me of Cali Mist from back in the day mm-hmm. uh, in Amsterdam from Sirius Seeds, uh, a, a sativa that is in the haze um, that, you know, maybe has a little more Colombian and African uh, genetics than Southeast Asian. Uh, not quite sure exactly, you know, on where it all came from, but it's very unique and fun, fun to grow. And um, certainly, you know, once that's you it. dial, once you dial it in, it's, that's it. Once it's, you find a strain you like and you, you can, in, and you enjoy growing as well, it's win-win, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's so I, easy. I, I love, uh, I love to grow it and I love to smoke it. So, you know, it's, it's win-win win-win <laughs> some strains you know like i can remember growing uh early on growing the, the the first versions of sours and things that would would come out and they were just so wispy uh i remember island sweet skunk was a little wispy like that and it, mm. you love to smoke it but you kind of hated growing it because yes. it, was, it wasn't a big yielder and it wasn't it, it wasn't even impressive to look at so much but uh, once you smoked it, you realized, okay, this is what I put in the extra few weeks of flowering for and all the mm, right. finicky feeding <laughs> that you have with strains that are like that and, and staking it up and making sure it doesn't fall down. And, but, uh, but you know, that, that's, those, some of those strains are worth it and some aren't. <laughs> when yeah, it comes especially down nowadays because the genetics are really changing nowadays and you, we're stabilizing a lot of those problems these days. 
Right, right. And I think concentrate makers have driven a lot of that as well, because they're not looking so much for the things we looked for back in the 90s or 2000s, which was you know, bag appeal and quick flowering times. They need surface area and essential mm-hmm. oil production because they mm-hmm. just want to they want to strip the oil, you know, the oils and the gland heads mm-hmm. off. Right. And so uh, it's a whole different uh, selection process for what what you're choosing for and I, and I appreciate it because I think we that was very much prohibition driven you know the idea that we wanted something that flowers in 45 days and and you know an eighth was was one big nugget this big mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh it was really just about uh what we could get get away with in the amount of time that we had and, yeah. and the risk that we were taking and and now we can take our time and really explore uh what the plant has to offer because there's so much more we have not learned it makes me wonder what the original cannabis was like you know before man got hold of it (laughs) and it was just growing naturally in its natural environment for millions of years and then man got hold of it and was like whoa let's try and make this a little bit stronger to get a little bit more high you know and started breeding it to try and bring the thc out more when there might have been a a different balance of cannabinoids altogether like a million years ago half a million years ago or something right Right. I mean, the minute they took it up into a mountain or from a mountain down to into a valley and it mm. acclimates to the new space that it's in, it, it changes everything. You know, yeah. it's the amount of sunlight that it's getting and the amount of of nutrients from the soil. It's all there's so much plays a, a role that uh, and the plant will adapt yeah. <laughs> fairly quickly to pretty much any environment. Uh, so it's interesting how those adaptations result in these different flavors and, and effects. Yeah. You know, if you had a time machine, where would you go? Uh, I'd go about 5 million years back in time to somewhere in India, find myself some nice ganja plants. They, they might kill you though. You know? <laughs> 5 million years is a long time, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, that was the charis that would be hand rubbed, mm. you know, and scraped off of the hands and, and consumed in that way. Uh, you know, and then for thousands of years being chosen over and over for the amount of, mm-hmm. of, of charis that a plant would give off and yeah. in the hash production areas. And then in Southeast Asia for tea or, or, or in Russia for mm. rope and hemp. So uh, the plant really adapts to pretty much any, any place and any choices we want to make with what we want to do with it. It's a crazy plant, man. <laughs> really? Wonderful plant, magic plant. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. We're looking to have it for sure. So how do you grow then, Danny? What's, what's your technique? Well, here, you know, this is just, uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the windowsill at the moment because it's just a, a, a clone that's rooted. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm basically just trying to harden them up. Uh, and then they're going to go into much bigger containers. And I'm lucky enough here to have like a balcony uh, that I'll put them on. Nice. Uh, that gets a decent amount of sun, sunlight. Uh, and pray for the best. I mean, for me anything like that where it's just six plants and it's fun around the house uh then it's it's like anything i can get would be amazing mm-hmm. uh but again i'll put them in big containers because i i do i do believe you know the bigger the container the bigger the plant uh and the happier the plant is going to be i'm using this soil that's called bio 365 which is really nice it's got biochar uh already added to it and it's very mm-hmm. nice nice light airy soil uh, and yeah, I'm just, you know, if I need to supplement with light, I have, uh, some, you know, a little lighting situation and I can put them under, 
Uh, if I'm worried that they're starting to flower too early, I'll just, I'll just you know, interrupt the dark cycle mm. with light uh, to keep them in the vegging stage until I, I really want them to start flowering. But we, we get a pretty rough fall here. So yeah. I'm just probably just going to let them go the normal, uh, normal natural route. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, I get a lot of sun. I get, uh, you know, I can bring them in if there's a big storm or anything that's going to be a problem. And I'm probably going to this year, last year, some of the buds got kind of fried. It would rain. And then right after the rain, the sun would come out and it would just fry them. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of some kind of a shade cloth uh, just to keep them from getting totally burnt by the sun. Wow. Mm -hmm. Some actual New York City balcony grown city weed. <laughs> outdoor, yeah. <laughs> Amazing yeah. stuff, man. Outdoor, outdoor weed in New York City. <laughs> You're in New York yeah. City too, not just New York State. You're in the, in the city. In the city, yeah. I'm in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, and yeah, and I have a medical card that allows me to grow six plants. So, uh, it really is just like a, a pleasure to show them off. I don't have to Damn be right, scared. Man. I'd be doing it too. It'd be on my front porch. <laughs> you know, I don't have to be scared anymore. And I, you know, I grew up obviously growing a lot more than six plants, uh, and living in, in, in tremendous fear a lot of mm. times. I mean, people talk about the glamorous days of, of, of prohibition time, but, uh, if you were if you were one of those people fueling, uh, you know the 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 delivery services and that that whole thing, it it was treacherous and scary, and uh, was something that could make you become somewhat antisocial as well. Oh yeah, uh, because you just don't want to meet new people and you don't want to nope. tell people what you do because you're lying to people right off the bat. Yeah, because uh, you can't tell them what you do, and it just you'd rather just stay home and guard your plants from not just you know robbers and pests and predators but police and and fire fire officials that want to inspect your building and you know just so many things that could go wrong and 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 uh it really does develop into like a, a pts type situation yeah uh and so i'm glad that that that's changing as well you know that we yeah, can... for sure man it's such a big thing <laughs> you know? it, it, it's major for me i mean me personally and people in the uk but even the concept yeah. of it, yeah, as soon as that that law is changed, so many people, it just like it turns their lives around. It turns the whole outlook on life around where you can feel more accepted by society. You won't get in the shit just because you enjoy cannabis. There's so many people in the UK as well. So like at, le at least a third of the adults in the UK smoke cannabis. It's crazy. It's such high numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And and every one of them is doing it at their at risk mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. people that are getting it to them are taking even a bigger risk and mm -hmm. the people who choose to grow it for themselves or for sick children or whatever else they're they're all taking this huge risk and that doesn't it doesn't have to be that way and and it, we've 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 shown that in other places and and i i really can't wait until the rest of the world is free the way we're starting to be one day um, yeah yeah because it's yeah, still a long way for you guys to go yeah, as well it's a long way for every for, yeah. for everybody mm -hmm. i mean there's still places you can be executed for cannabis in this world so it really is uh we've got a long way to go but uh it's all those little injustices that won't be occurring in the future that mm -hmm. gives me hope that you know this plant this plant has a lot to teach us you know mm -hmm. and, and and to to help us understand ourselves and, and our world and um, I would say the same about uh, mushrooms and, and, and certain psychedelics as well, that mm -hmm. uh, that we need to 
we need to accept that they're here for a reason uh, and that we need to maybe listen to them some, every once in a while. What's the law on mushrooms in uh, New York? Is That's going to be probably still it's, fully illegal schedule one. It is. It is fully illegal. Although now we have clinics where there's like ketamine therapy clinics where people wow. will. Yeah, it's strange. I, I mean, I just started noticing this, but uh, yeah, apparently there's clinics where. Ketamine is a pharmaceutical drug, which was originally a horse tranquilizer, I think. So maybe that's why it's allowed because because <laughs> we're drug. horses now, that's right. <laughs> well, I think you know, I think in there, there, there's aspects of therapy where it can be helpful for people, mm -hmm. and I think uh, for people with depression and, and yeah uh, anxiety, yeah. I think it can, it can be helpful. I, that's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also Certain think breakthrough dosages, yeah, mm -hmm. and there's natural um, other other plant medicines, and you know, we just we need to kind of you know, re-examine our minds and think, think outside the box a little bit, maybe. But we know? have, you know, <laughs> we have, yeah, but the government right. hasn't. That's the right. problem. Mm. These right. motherfuckers, man. It's a little thing I've been dabbling into recently, growing myself some psilocybin, you know, some golden teaching mushrooms and shit. I've, I had some fun recently on one of our interviews with Brandon Rust. <laughs> uh, we forgot. Again, it was a late one. It was one o'clock in the morning, and I forgot we had that one coming as well. I, I need to set some kind of alarm system or something. This isn't working out all the time. But I took a, a like a, a gram of, of pretty hefty mushrooms, <laughs> and um, two hours later, monkeys there like, "Yeah, we got that interview." I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit twisted off the mushrooms, man. It was good fun though. It's good fun. Yeah. Hey, a little editing will fix it right up, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll just take all the bits with me. and <laughs> So how often do your episodes come out for the podcast then, Danny? You do at least one a week, right? Right. We, 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 uh, we do weekly episodes. Uh, they don't always come out on the same day of the week, but uh, we do them about weekly. And, uh, yeah, we've got episode 96 coming out uh, either later today or tomorrow. And uh, very excited for episode 100. And then... Yeah, we just keep putting them out. Um, the idea is just to encourage people to grow their own mm -hmm. and also encourage the idea of uh, sharing and creating sort of a, an alternate marketplace to the dispensary world where maybe there's a sort of more of a farmer's market mm -hmm. uh, kind of situation where people can purchase locally grown small batch craft cannabis from mm -hmm. people that uh, know what they're doing and do it right. And that would be awesome if we could if we could actually get permission to legally do that, you know, to sell our own. Hmm. Yeah. And of course, you know, if we do that, though, the government's going to lose their tax money. <laughs> yeah. That's where you get uh, fucked. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, Why do I bring it up? I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not so worried about the government. <laughs> they, they, they'll figure that they'll figure some other way to get their taxes. But I mean, how are people that at farmers market that sell tomatoes and, and fruits and vegetables uh, you know they they're they're buying into the system somehow and and they're yeah. able to sell their products and i think just adding cannabis to that uh is a no-brainer <laughs> and it's uh, where I, it's where i want to buy mine from if i'm not growing it myself i want to get it uh from a local farmer that knows what they're doing and and uh and support small small batch can craft cannabis you know, yeah, it would be nice to be able to do that. Uh, hey, it's almost a South Park uh, model. Go to Tegrity Farms and buy the weed <laughs> from the farmer, you know? 
that's what we're <laughs> really asking for right there is the con the connection between the, the grower and, and the consumer right there mm. it seems like the government always wants to give us what four or five middlemen that need to be paid and taxed and retaxed. And so, yeah, by the time we get the weed, like you said, that $300 ounce probably costs what about $50 to, to, to actually grow. Right. And then everything else is just tax money added on top of it because the grower didn't see that extra money. Oh no, mm -hmm. no, no. And the consumers are still paying prohibition era prices, uh, yeah. which like I said, in other, and it has started to change in places like Washington and Oregon uh, where they've seen, uh, a glut instead of a drought you know we've always had droughts uh i know monkey probably remembers the days too of like a whole summer where it was like a drought and if uh -huh. you knew you know if you knew somebody if you, if you knew somebody you didn't really want to spread that around too much because no. you might need him again you know what i mean right right yeah, but, yeah. but the you know for for legal play legal states that's you know that those days are done they have now they have a glut and then they don't know what to do with all this biomass and all this material and um, there's only so much you can sell on the craft market and then it's basically degrading and worthless unless you can mm. blast it into distillate or isolate or supply and demand eh? or right so and then the prices drop then you start seeing you know 50 dollars ounces and, and and even lower wow uh, and, but that can hurt the farmers as well so there's got to mm. be a happy medium somewhere where where uh you know everyone can benefit from from the farmers to the consumers and i think that's ultimately yeah the goal for cannabis mm -hmm. yeah i think you're right there i mean the problem problem i've been seeing in different states is exactly what you're saying is that the governments in different states get involved and oh, california is perfect uh california you can easily purchase cannabis from the legacy market far far cheaper than you can from the legal market and it's, it's all because the various agencies got got greedy um, new agencies came up and they wanted their cut and taxes are too high. And, and it, <laughs> I think in that case, it has a good chance of, of, of causing that entire California market to fail if they don't fix that. Because right now, I, I believe the article I read last said that they, uh, they, they're estimating 50% of the sales are still going through legacy in California. That's, right. that's a horrible thing. And government's losing 50% of what it's supposed to get. Well, and it's all they, because of greed. They created too many, you know, hoops to jump through and too exactly. many regulations. And I mean, that's that's the lesson is over regulation mm -hmm. uh, is an issue, too. I mean, what happened to the laws of supply and demand? Why, why yeah. can't why can't we just choose to purchase cannabis from whoever we you know, and they set a price that's reasonable and let the marketplace decide. I mean, yeah. that's capitalism. That's exactly. What, that's, that's the free market. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. 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 Right. And so, I, you know, it, it does seem strange when they try to limit uh, the, the, the legal uh, parameters and all it does is really benefit. Yeah, uh, we're only going to have 10 cultivators in the state and we're only going to have 50 retailers in the state. And it's like, mm -hmm. OK, you just screwed the whole system. Right. And ain't going to work. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, they got to open it up and, and let the marketplace decide. And, mm -hmm. and I think. Yeah. People like us will decide to pay a little extra for a, a higher quality product and other people will just keep vaping crappy flavored yeah. distillates. You know, it's a, well, it's, it's a, sto a stoner thing. I don't like to use the word stoner because it's so stereotypical. But, you know, it's a cannabis user, a regular cannabis user would usually be more conscious of that kind of thing. And they'd rather go to the local farmer 
to right. buy their thing rather than buying it from a big chain store. Right. I mean, yeah. I tell people vote with your pocketbook, you know, I mean, I do it your wallet, day, yeah. your, your, what, what you, what you spend your money on is what will continue to be out there. And, yeah. you know, and if, if you want, you know, the basic simple thing that's mass produced, then that's what they'll keep giving you. But if you want the, mm -hmm. the higher quality and you're willing to, you know, spend a little extra or, or go the extra mile, then that's what you get as well. But, uh, you, you get to choose, <laughs> you know what I mean? By, by, by how you spend your money. That's how you, you you vote every day when it comes to legal cannabis, rec cannabis, legacy market, all of it. Money is uh, free speech, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I know you have to leave us very soon, Danny, because you've got things to do in, on the next hour at five o'clock. Uh, do you want to quickly tell us where people can find your magazine and where the, well, tell us all, all about where they can get all your stuff. I know you have a website, you got your magazine, the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for the magazine online, we have leafmagazines.com that has info from uh, all the different magazines, the different regions that I mentioned. Uh, but then we have our Instagram, which is Northeast Leaf Mag. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. And as far as the podcast, I have growbudyourself.com. Uh, I have a Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, and then, you know, I have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for myself as well. Uh, and you can also read the magazine online for free. So not just at Leaf Magazines, but also issue.com, which is I-S-S-U-U. -U. Uh, there's uh, all our back issues you can read for free uh, on there. And yeah, and the magazine is free too, which is awesome. I love the fact that uh, we just show up at your dispensary or at your head shop and you can just pick it up and read it. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. My book is on Amazon uh, or you can buy it for me directly if you want to have it signed and uh, you know, basically uh, personalized in any kind of way. Nice. And yeah, that's my that's... shit. I like that. So, <laughs> I like signed yeah. books. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a blast. I mean, it's fun. And we've sold many, many of the books. It's a beginner grow book, uh, cannabis, a beginner's guide to growing marijuana. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I just, I, I'm really excited to get people interested in home grow now that it is legal in some places, mm -hmm. because uh, I just think uh, it really is a wonderful a wonderful hobby if you really love cannabis it's something you shouldn't miss out on at least mm -hmm. at least once that's uh, right give it a shot you know, man. Just to, help you understand where them buds come from right and and how hard it is to really do it right too i mm, mean to it's, get it it's, good <laughs> yeah it's a, a lot of things have to go right and you have to know what you're doing as well and uh, the book is really just an entry into that and hopefully uh, people will be interested and that's you know, that's, that's how to reach me. Uh, I'm at all the different socials and uh, the magazine and the podcast as well. Yeah, man. You're a very busy guy. We massively appreciate your time, especially after the fuck up with uh, my time keeping skills there. Our time telling uh, no skills. Worries. I know <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Anytime, man. I, I, I love talking to you guys. It's really a pleasure. And uh, I, yeah, anytime. Yeah, I'd be Maybe happy we can to... get you on a live show sometimes. That would, that would be sweet if we could get you yeah. on. On the Sunday oh. night, if, you, if you're not busy? Yeah, no, I'm down for that for sure. That'd Sweet. be fun. I That'd think be nice I did one, one once before, but I don't know if it was live. I, I mean, yeah. I know I did the show before, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't think I did the live one. 
No, we've only managed to get you on the show once because you're always so oh. very busy. You know, which we, <laughs> well, which we completely hey. understand, mate. You're a very busy guy. So no, I'm I'm happy to do the Sunday night one. So just yeah, send me Sweet. the info. Uh, maybe around the hundredth episode. That's about a month away. Fantastic. Uh, I'd be happy to do that. And yeah, man. Yeah, all, cool the, because... all the old episodes are up there for people to listen to. I'm really proud of some of the interviews, especially people who have passed on. Mm. Uh, Sub Cool and Dr. Lester Grinspoon and, and and different people that we've had on the show, Frenchie mm. Canoli. Um, we were Wales. able to speak to and yeah yeah Josie Wales um, people to, to just uh, pass on their knowledge and and a little bit of their history and and, and origin tales and advice for growers yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel privileged for uh, the amount of people we've spoken to over the last couple of years with our podcast but you even go before that though don't you like back in the day coming over to Amsterdam for the Cannabis Cup and meeting all those breeders you must have met met you must be the guy who's met the most legends in the cannabis world <laughs> i i mean it's possible i don't know i i know i've judged the most cannabis cups over the years and different uh, events if you added them all up uh and uh, yeah i i have been coming over there for a long time and uh the first podcast uh i did which was free weed started in 2011 mm-hmm. uh, and we did about 100 and 104 episodes of that yeah i was listening to uh, that when i was first start, when i first started to grow i was listening to free weed man <laughs> oh, that's I remember awesome. it, I epic it. podcast well love that shit. yeah well you have passed the knowledge on to to many 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 thousands of people as well so mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing that uh you know that's the one thing about this plant is it the, those of us who really love it and uh enjoy it and have made it a major part of our lives are, are like ambassadors for yeah. the plant to, mm-hmm. to get, you know, people that are interested more involved and, That's right. uh, and to understand the history and, and the, the, the struggle that people went through and are still, are still going through in many places and, and, and where we want to be as well as a culture, it's important mm-hmm. that we're all uh, striving towards the same things, freeing the prisoners, ending the stigma, uh, creating social spaces where we can consume together and bringing people together. People are so divided these days. And cannabis is a uniter and not a divider. It's not a partisan issue. It's not a, a liberal or, or or conservative or anything else. It's just a plant that is here on this planet to help us in a myriad of different ways. And once we accept that, we can uh, we can see beyond our differences and mm-hmm. and and what we share in common, which is you know. A love for the planet and the plant and our families and friends and 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 the enjoyment that it brings us the enhancement that it, it gives to our lives yeah man that was beautifully put yeah. well said yeah, yes man. well said indeed appreciate it so i know you're very busy then danny and we'll let you go do your thing you might be able to grab a coffee before your next meeting <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it thank you so much yeah, for man. having me but i'll be in touch hey, on danny, twitter we'll get, we'll get you on uh we'll get you on soon when the 100 episodes comes back up and and then you can tell us about the 100th episode and all that that'd be sweet Perfect. that thank would you. be nice yes. nice one dan have a great day man thank you very much for joining us again thanks yeah. guys take good, care good luck with your grow man Yes. Thanks. And Appreciate if you need it. any help, you come over to Percy's. You know it's fine. It's I think up. he knows what he's doing, you know? Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank nice you. Nice one, See you later, mate. Yep. Later. And there you have it, Danny Danko. So 
there we go, everybody. That was Danny Danko. I hope you enjoyed the interview. If you want to find out anything about Danny Danko, just Google Danny Danko and everything is there on the Google search. He's got books which you can go and buy, books he's written himself, you know. He used to be the cultivation editor of High Times magazine, so you can check that out. He also has his own magazine, Northeast Leaf. So he does so much in the cannabis community, you know, with his podcasts and his magazines and all the content is put out there over the years. So there's loads of stuff for you to find out about Danny Danko. Just do a Google search and you'll be able to find everything all about him. So go and check it out, man. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Hope you enjoy chilling with Danny for an hour. And there's lots of content from Danny Danko out there on the internet. Just go find it. Hopefully we'll have him back on in a few weeks when we do one of the live shows to celebrate his 100th episode of his podcast. That would be super cool. So stay tuned for that. Check out one of the live shows coming up in the near future. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be back on Sunday for the live show on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash high on homegrown. We'll be there at 9 p.m. UK time. So if you're around, come and join us. And we're going to talk about hermaphrodite cannabis plants on, on that day, I think. So hopefully you'll enjoy it. Hope to see you there on Sunday. It'll be good to get a nice crowd to come and welcome, welcome us back after the break. So we'll see you then, hopefully. Have a good weekend, everybody. Stay high. Stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye.